It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Right now at Safeway, earn four times rewards points when you shop for participating items with Safeway for you. Shop for items like Ready Whip Whipped Cream, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dan and Danimals Drinks, Philadelphia Cream Cheese, and 7-Up to earn four times rewards points with Safeway for you. Offer expires January 4th. Plus, get select holiday essentials like gift wraps, bags, holiday decor, lights, and more. Buy one, get one 50% off. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com or head in store for full offer details. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. It's the Custard TV podcast. It's three TV obsessives talking about their favourite telly or their least favourite telly of the week. Uh, I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website thecustardtv.com, who completely forgot at the start what the slogan of the podcast was, but I think <laughs> I managed to slide and no one will notice. Haven't done that, it for about a month, have we? So no, but it's it should be ingrained. It should be in there. No. I could listen back to previous ones, but no yeah. one should go through that really, should no. they? No. Uh, Matt's here in, from the north. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. How are you? Long time no talk to. I'm all right. I've got the builders in, so I'm a bit freaked out by that but (laughs) you're not a dog are you (laughs) the problem is i can't be blokey i'm bad at being blokey i don't know what to say to to sort of yeah i know what you mean people have you tried making cups of tea that's always my strategy but i can only make so many cups at one. that's true yeah no that's very true yeah (laughs) the other voice you hear isn't one of the builders although that might be a way of ingratiating them into my (laughs) life it's uh, robin from the daily mail weekend how are you Hello, I'm very well. It's very sunny. There are no builders, but I do have a cup of tea. So, oh, see, as do I. I'm, just to say, oh, I good. didn't make Robin's cup of tea. I just, I'm only going to make it for builders and things. But I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I can't talk about football really. I could talk about birds, but I only know a few birds. I don't know. <laughs> are, you, are you talking about the birds out the window, like yes. the actual, like, like Twitter, Twitter? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm good on Twitter. Twitter, I can talk about. There you go. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, Definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Where we review four shows. Uh, We've got a social media question and then... At the end, we'll find out how big of a TV fan Robin is as he takes on Boxmaster. How well do you think you'll do in a, just a general um, TV quiz? I would be happy with anything above zero. I, I'm, I'm going to be happy with anything above zero as long as I register a presence on the Boxmaster. <laughs> that, is it, you know, is it like, like if you go to a fairground and use the hammer, you know, with the lights? Yes. Uh, so I just want a, a light, one or two lights to go on, and I'll be I'll be content with that. Um, Excellent. Why don't we start with the social media question, which we posed a while ago, which was, what is your favourite TV title sequence? That doesn't mean theme; it means sort of title sequence. And I have to think about this for a while, but I've got a couple. Robin, what was the first um, thought when you saw the question? Your favourite TV title sequence? 
Well, my, my first thought was um, uh, the Joan Hicks and Miss Marples uh, from the uh, from the 80s. Um, I don't know if you did. did you, do you remember them at all? No. Well done for that. The <laughs> first contemporary reference of the week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a bit sort of bang up to date that people can go out and see on Netflix. It was like a long scrolling uh, piece of art going through a going through an English village and it would zoom in on uh, different parts of the buildings and you'd see like these mysterious figures looking out at you like there was a suspicious servant and then there was a countess looking out of a window with these arched eyebrows and it just set the mood for it so wonderfully uh, so that was that was one I mean I have other more contemporary ones that are in the 21st century but that that was the one that really jumped into my head because it really it got me as a child and you know when things get you like the yeah. first things mm. that get at, the, at the right age and it's just I I, I, re, I went through a rewatch of them two one or two years ago and uh i that still sort of sends shivers up my spine when the countess is looking out the screen sort of directly at you uh, okay you just did anyone what say done. that on social media matt no but we have had some interesting <laughs> ones so uh, what about you luke the thing is nowadays it's, even netflix lets you skip the title sequences and with the sky boxes and things you can just whiz through them but i remember really liking the simpsons and the way that would change every mm. week with the sofa gag that's always a favorite hannibal's very well done that's mm -hmm. very sort of atmospheric and and i love all the imagery on the screen for that but it would probably have to be the simpsons because of the the ability to change the sofa gag every week even though it, i was always a dis bit disappointed when it was the whole title sequence every time because it's a long sequence to get through but i think it's quite inventive that they've been able to not only change the sofa gag but what bart writes on the chalkboard and all that every week is quite inventive and to be doing it for 30 years bravo mm. one is the wire i like the fact that they sort of show you the sort of area that they're going to be covering in each season so, you know, like the fifth season, you have the newspapers, the fourth season, you have the, the school and they, t they have the same theme tune, but it's, it's a different person singing it every time. So it's a, you get in the mood, basically, of what the season's going to be. And the other one is um, Unforgotten, uh, the ITV series, because you've got those little hints. So you've got like the, the imagery, but you don't know what they relate to till later on in the, in the series. So you can... In the final episode, you can go, well, that relates to that, that relates to that, and so on. So those are my two. But do you want to know what, what the people of Twitter said? Do you know, funnily enough, I do. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we had uh, two girls, one film, said uh, Murder, She Wrote, hands down. So oh, wow. It play, plays into to your one there, Robin, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, Andrew Carrington uh, says The Simpsons, Luke. So one for you there as well. Please. Also says, enjoyed uh, Mad Men. Never knew who was falling, but it was classy. Mo Walker, uh, very specific, says Smallville Season 5. Oh, yeah. the Smallville ones are wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Love the opening title sequence accompanied by Remy Zero's song, Save Me. Hearing the song always brings back fond memories of the show. Hmm. Did they change them every year then as well? I wasn't aware of that. No, I don't think they did. I it's, suppose... it's like it's like a sort of stylistic thing. They mm. change a little bit. Each oh, time you get like there's one year where it changes and they all look like they're in front of a wind machine and the hair's really sort of flying <laughs> back. But it's always like sort of a single character turns and looks at the camera, then another character turns and looks mm. at the camera, and you have really cool stuff going on in the background. That's my memory of it anyway. <laughs> Launching the pilot says it's the fall guy. End of discussion. 
Goodness me. A journey beyond the skies podcast, as I'm inclined to say Westworld, but Game of Thrones is worth noting because of the level of depth it has in changing and adapting to each episode. I'd also point out Daredevil for having a pretty cool sequence. So many good ones these days. Exploding Helicopter at Chopper Fireball says, The intro to 80s cop series The Professionals is a classic. (laughs) One of the all-time great opening themes in an action montage edited like a Michael Bay wet dream. (laughs) <laughs> to get these people to write for the site <laughs> Mauricio RMC has a, f- a few he said I thought about this for a long time so I'm going to name some of my favourites Batman, the animated series The Practice, Dexter The Monsters series 2 very specific Wow. <laughs> and Deep Space 9 but favourite is The Equalizer, an amazing piece of image and sound editing Oh, that's a great song, isn't it? I, I, I can't remember who it's... It's by someone really famous as well, isn't it? I can't I remember who it is now. I don't know off the top of my head, so that's not yeah. one. You use an internet search engine to find out the answer to the <laughs> yeah. question. While you do that, the uh, the guys over at used to watch this says, I'm fond of Magnum P.I. He has a great soundtrack and nice visuals. I know that one. Mm. Uh, uh, Lauren Jones um, says, uh, first that popped in my head with The Sopranos and The Walking Dead. The music from The Walking Dead always gave me shivers. Ah. Oh, Sopranos is lovely as well. I love that. Yeah. I love that scene. It sets the mood so perfectly. Yeah, yeah. and the, just the drive from Jersey to the house is really mm. lovely. Yeah. Uh, Tim Bradish says, Law and Order SVU is just fun to recite. <laughs> A lot of these have gone over my head. So I, I... <laughs> <laughs> On oh. a deeper note, the opening sequence to Outlander is awesome. It changes each season to represent where they are in the world. They change the language that it's spoken in as well, because in the second season, I think it's in French because they're mostly in France, isn't it? I suppose that's what they're talking about, actually. But yeah, no, I, I, that, that's a, they're real man. shivers up the back of the spine one. A couple more. John Roberts says Quantum Leap. Again, someone who can recite it. I can pretty much recite it now. Another one for Mad Men, nearly on the beach. Reminds me of when neighbours came round to watch every week in costume as they didn't have Sky. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> in in costume, real insight into people's lives. They're gonna, <laughs> in wow. costume. Maybe they just wore suits. I don't know. Uh, the <laughs> Drinkopedia podcast at Drinkopedia Pod says Twin Peaks. Those opening notes and the slow text fade just send you into place of complete comfort. Oh. Uh, Suki Cox says the original 1970s Tomorrow People title sequence. I always freaked out about it as a kid when I watched it. Okay, so just to go back there, The Equalizer was uh, written and performed by Stuart Copeland of The Police, uh, who, yeah. who, to be quite honest, doesn't get enough mention on this podcast, so it's good we got his name in once in a while. Redressing the bad. Yeah. Yes, mm. but I want to know more about the people who go round to, the, to their house, neighbour's house in costume. And probably smoke the place out for authenticity to watch. That was nearly all the cocktails. So wonder they got to the end of an episode, really, isn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it on BBC Four, or is that just did it go to like Sky or something? Yeah, it was. It was on BBC Four in the early days, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Uh, maybe they got into it on BBC Four, then it moved to Sky Atlantic, and they're right. Well, we need to come round now to finish it off. I feel like we (laughs) have so many questions that we'll never get properly answered. Okay, uh, that is it. Thank you so much for all your contributions. You can uh, look out for the next social media question by following us at Custard TV Pod or following me at Luke Custard TV or Matt, who tweets not very often, but it might no. be worth a look at Matt TV Bites there as well. So, uh, four reviews, two comedies, two dramas. Where do we want to start? 
you made the decision. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say years and years to start, but you you. Okay. What I think we should do point. is we should start with years and years. So this is the new uh, Russell T Davis drama on Tuesday nights on BBC One, and it's it's a clever concept in as much as it follows the exploits of the Lyons family, not just in 2019, but 35 years ahead in the future. We've seen the first episode. What do we think? Uh, Matt, what was your first impressions of this? And will you be sticking with it? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really interesting concept. I mean, most of this is set in 2024, isn't it? One of the sisters in the family, played by Ruth Maid, has a a child at the beginning of the episode and then they say i wonder what life will be like for him in five years and we and then we sort of have a montage yeah. um that lasts five years what sort of world are we in because if it's this bad now what's it gonna be like for you 30 years time 10 years five years what's it gonna be like did you know you can live forever don't you Disaster, and I keep wondering when's it ever gonna stop. I do not give a. It's so I'm not transsexual. I'm transhuman. I will be data. Do you think you're going online? You make a sacrifice. Somebody to love. Don't you need somebody to love? I love you, mummy and daddy. Tweet that. It's interesting the way he sort of combines technology and the mundanity of everyday life it's sort of believable in the things that will happen in the next five years so one of the daughters of the brother played by Rory Kinnear has um, like a snapchat filter that she can place over her head which I think yes that'll probably happen in the next five years perhaps that's something I should do with the builders <laughs> that would ingratiate me. You use that or give it to. Yeah. You got Rory Kinney, you got Russell Tovey, you got Ruth Maidley and Reed, so a really good sort of ensemble cast. Uh, the only person who I didn't really gel with in this episode was Emma Thompson, who appeared sporadically on TV screens mm. as this sort of caustic politician who sort of mm. told it like it was. But you imagine that she'll have sort of a, a bigger role um, as it goes on. Um, yeah, I was going to say, so she is very remote in that first episode, isn't she? I mean, she is yeah. sort of completely separate from... I mean, I, I, I really like the concept as well and the kind of epic music that goes with it, particularly mm-hmm. towards the end of that first episode. And it reminds... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Did me a bit of if it were a Doctor Who episode, you were following the track of a civilization. There's that kind of grand romantic idea of a sweep to it. Mm, um, yeah. Even though it's quite dystopian, it's, got, it's done in quite a sort of romantic way. Um, but, uh, and there's sort of a mirror element running through that as well, isn't there? But for the sort of whole country, rather than focusing on one thing, you've got sort of the politics and uh, the fake news, extremism and, and technology which are all pushing in a kind of black mirror kind of way. The thing I did struggle with slightly is because it is so much more about the ideas, the actual drama between the family members, I sometimes didn't feel like it was 
quite working in a, in the way that I wanted it to. Because I mean, you've got a family that's very sort of consciously diverse. Um, um, so it's very racially diverse and uh, yeah. Ru- Russell Toby's gay and there's a, one of the sisters is disabled that's right isn't it yeah Ruth, yes. Ruth Maidley's yeah, character yeah that's right yeah and so I, I think that's a really interesting setup because what looks like a diverse family in the start looks less diverse as it goes on because of the way the world changes around them so I thought that was really interesting but at the same time I felt that it kind of undercut the drama a little bit because you could feel the moving parts of the script the device of it moving on do you know what i mean i think it was more concept over drama and character because Mm. i couldn't i couldn't tell you any of the names of any of the siblings i couldn't tell you Mm. emma thompson's character's name i couldn't tell you anything like that i Mm. can tell you about the technology and about Mm, definitely but i couldn't tell you anything beyond the actual setup and premise. And yeah, I, you're right there. I watched it last mm. night and I can't remember any of the characters' names. Because I'm sort of wrestling with, is this a good drama or are we just being blinded by this sort of uh, idea behind it? And I thought mm. it was well yeah. played. I thought all the actors were very good. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, like the set pieces and things like that where they filtered like the mundane... El- so, for example, when the sister goes out on a date with someone and it turns out that he's got this robot and, and he's, he's yeah. used it as because he gets very lonely at nights so let's just yeah. say <laughs> but i like that scene that was like you know we have this you'd have this now you know these two single parents going on a date together but because it's set in the future he's got this robot and then she finds an attachment and that's the scene that's really stuck with me in terms of the in you know the everydayness of it but i think you're right in that the focus, certainly in this first episode, is on the technology. I suppose it's establishing the idea, really, mm. isn't it, of mm. going forward? I, w- in- I would also say, being the miserable one, that I did find them quite hard to connect with because all of Russell T. Davies's characters are quite forward and quite in your face. And mm. in this, the, the, particularly the Ruth Maidley character grated on me a little bit. She's just a bit of a force of nature, but not necessarily somebody I'd like to spend any time with. And then you've got Emma Thompson, who is reminiscent of Sarah Lancashire's character in Mother, Father, Son, though nobody saw that, so that shouldn't be a problem for the comparisons there. But I don't, I can't decide. I, I Russell Tovey's character was very likable, I thought. Yeah, yeah he he's always likable. He did the accent that sort of threw me off. I know, it's, it, I suppose, it, being the sort of northern representative here, slightly, they they cast a lot of sort of southern actors to play this Manchester family, didn't they? Rory Kinnear. Oh, that's interesting. And, yeah. and um, Russell Tovey, Emma Thompson... I just wonder whether it's a good drama or whether it's just the concept that we like. Because all of us, in our praise of it, have said, oh, yeah, I like this this bit and I like that bit. Well, it kept kept my... It did keep my attention throughout, so I think it is a good bit of drama. I don't know. Are you talking about how much depth it has, maybe? Is that where where you are? Whether it's got any sort of grounding in it or whether it's going to be... Well, I think it's going to... We're going to have to see where it goes next, isn't it, really? You want to talk about that ending? Because I know on Twitter that you were you were saying, oh God, that, oh, God, that ending was amazing. The ending is, is and this will go up after the episode is aired. So the ending ah. says that um, there's been a nuclear strike and the sirens go off. And I, I felt like that was really frightening and really well done. There was bits of it I thought perhaps were a bit silly beforehand. But the way the world is now, I could see us being in that situation 
this time next year, let alone five years from now. So that bit did resonate with me, and it took a tonal shift that I wasn't expecting. So that's interesting. But I do wonder about whether it can sustain the sort of interest for me, or whether it's just going to be one big, one big sort of revelation after another, rather than a proper family character-driven drama that I was perhaps hoping for it to be that it isn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see where it finishes. I want to know where the idea is going. If I end up caring about the characters more than I do at the moment along the way, that will be a massive bonus. I think as, as it stands, I think I'll, I will stick with it, you know, beyond that and see and see how it goes. Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen I've seen the second episode and I'm happy with where it goes personally um and i don't i don't want to say anything specific about it um but i but i did feel that there was a bit more a bit more sort of character depth in that second one the second one felt more more character based and less ideas perhaps because of what we were saying about how you have to introduce all that stuff in the first episode because that's your concept yeah yeah Yeah. and there's a lot of people to introduce and you've got to it's got to be fun as well so perhaps i'm being a bit harsh but that was my main takeaway, was that I didn't... I, I expected to feel some sort of warmth or connection with the characters, and the fact that I couldn't remember any of their names at the mm. end is probably not a good sign. It's an interesting concept. It's It's been trailed like mad. I'm sure it's going to do well for the BBC, and it's going to be on HBO later this year. It's oh, okay. Mm. With them. So, yeah, it's, it's, they're promoting the hell out of it. So years and years on BBC One, and uh, you can catch up with it if you missed it going to be on the iPlayer. Not all of it. They're showing it weekly, as the BBC should, really, uh, on Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock. Why don't we go into some comedy now? Uh, speaking of the iPlayer, um, Back to Life. Matt, can you walk us through the basic building blocks of this newish, because we've been off a while, yeah. newish BBC3 sitcom? Basically, this is um, created by and starring Daisy Haggard. She plays uh, Miri, um, who returns to her childhood home after a stint in prison, there's the sort of the ghost, the past sort, you know, she comes into a room which has been unchanged since she was a teenager and she sort of has to come back into this community that don't really want her there. At first, we don't know what what is the crime she's committed, why people are hostile towards her. And we get that over the course of the series while she sort of tries to work out what happened in the build up to why she did what she did. Uh, the customer will come in through the door, door yeah. and um, you'll say, hello, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. No, I wasn't asking you. Oh, no, I was... no, I was being them. Oh, right, yeah. Would you like to try the fish? Oh, well, I suppose I should if I'm working here. No, this is here. still in the uh, hypothetical. Oh, right, sorry. No, no, I wasn't going to just, like, eat that. Raw fish makes people very ill. That sushi's quite popular. But when it is cooked, you can offer samples. Do you know what? I think I can probably fill my way with some of this yeah. stuff because I'm quite good with people, oh, so... now's your chance. Hey! So, Back to Life, it's all on the iPlayer. You've actually done it all, Matt. And I have, have, yeah. A, I know it's only half an hour, but you don't have a lot of time to do whole series in your week. So what was no. it about this? The story sort of played out quite easily. I thought Daisy Haggard was excellent in the lead role. There were bits that I didn't like, which I'll get into in a minute, but I just found it a really easy watch, really. And by the end, satisfying? I think so, yes. I watched I watched the whole thing as well, and I, I also felt satisfied by the end. And it felt, it felt complete to me, which was really nice, because I, I do find it frustrating sometimes when you get to the end of something... And you feel like it's 
it's going to be a complete thing, but it doesn't. There's you know there's a little sort of tail wagging at the end, mm. and you think, oh, maybe yeah. there's going to be something else. And I didn't have that feeling with this. I mean, you can always do a second series of something, but I don't. I think this felt complete on its own, which I really really liked. It looked and sounded really quite beautiful as well. There was a really sort of cinematic feel to. Like those sweeping landscapes, it's high, it's filmed mm. in Hyde, I think, isn't it? And just the way they made it look, it was absolutely stunning. Uh, and the parents as well, the parents, the homes she goes to live in. Uh, one of them is played by Geraldine James, and yeah. her story takes some really interesting turns. Uh, and I, I thought she was fantastic. There's this, there's this one scene where Miri comes back to the house and Geraldine James uh, hides the knives in the kitchen. Yeah, that's the first <laughs> episode, like, isn't it? In the cupboard. And, uh, and it just reminded me of something you might see like, on the stage or something. Like, the, you know, the audience knows some things that the characters don't yeah. know. The slow twist of that across the across the episodes is really well I handled. love their uh, I think that's one of my favourites, the episode where they're together in the car. Oh, that's she actually has yeah. She actually has to sort of face up to how she feels about her daughter going to prison and things like that. Yeah, that's um, when they're actually honest, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah, and I liked um, Adi Alaktar's character as well. This this neighbour who was sort of understanding towards her at first, and you find out a little bit more about his relationship. You know, he says he's a carer at first, and it tells yeah. turns out it's his wife who he's caring for. And mm. their their little scenes together, I really liked. I haven't been able to watch all of it, although I plan to. And although it's a work of complete fiction, strangely it felt sort of autobiographical and really authentic. And mm. But not, not for a second did you not believe that Daisy Haggard had just come out of prison. It felt really close to the bone, but also it had a warmth to it, which I could appreciate. As you said, it looks it looks fantastic as well. It's a, it's a setting we don't see very often. And I like just the gentle pace... It's refreshing to have a comedy where you're rooting for someone, whereas normally our comedy characters are people that make you cringe or that you laugh at. Mm. Whereas here, mm. we're on the journey with her. She almost has us behind her as an audience from the off, and that's something that's not easy to do, and they do it really well here. So I like the way she played it as well, because obviously she was, I think, 16 when she went to prison or 18. Mm. So she's still got a childlike quality to her because she's almost sort of regressing back to her childhood room and things like that. You know, she hasn't had that development, has she? She's been basically in prison for these 20 years and there, there, there's that scene where she cuts her own hair which is some like something a child might do mm. you know <laughs> which i thought was really lovely and the, and the the tamagotchi and little rest is like that yes. the walkman yeah, yeah. and the stuff the posters on the wall yeah, yeah. of all and the, there's only one the, yeah last man standing Jamie yes. Oliver. <laughs> you yeah. could almost imagine that that it was written from the perspective of somebody who's been through this and we know it's not but it it just feels really really authentic and almost documentary-like at the start when she's trying to find her way in the world and trying to find where she fits back into her old life. I don't know if you'll agree with this, Robin, but I think the one thing that didn't work for me was the sort of the Scandinavian chap who was trying to solve the, yes. the mystery. Yeah, no, I completely agree with yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I know they had to sort of find a point where they'd sort of drop the reveal of sort of why what happened happened but it felt a little yeah. bit clunky for me and also the guy around the chip shop his sort of motivation towards the end of the series I didn't find him particularly well defined as well as the other characters but on the whole I really liked it 
the Scandinavian guy was was a problem for me. Although the way he was ultimately handled, because mm. uh, when he when he comes in, I started thinking. Uh, uh, but then when he was the way he was ultimately handled towards the end, I thought, oh, okay, I can deal with that. It's not quite what I thought it was. Um, but the, the, there's a there's a thing she does with swearing in the script that's a bit like uh, the thicker bit. You know, when you have that sort of sort of ultra real level of um, sort of hyper reality level of swearing, mm. which kind of always takes me out of a script because I think this is something you're doing in your head. This is not something the character is actually saying as a real person. So I find that that kind of thing jumps me out. But um, yeah, it was well, the quiet, quieter moments that worked. I think like there's mm. that scene where her dad goes to the um, the doctors and there's a little boy there and she asks him if he's got any grandchildren. And he says he's got two. And oh, it was lovely. Like, yeah. yeah, just like little moments like that. I think she talked to quite a lot of prisoners for it mm. as well uh, for research. And I think that, you know, what you were saying about it feeling really like sort of documentary and authentic, maybe that's where that came from because the, like the, the sort of signing on again at the GP, that kind of thing. Yeah. The little details like that, things that you wouldn't think of unless you had been through that or talked to people who had been through that. I think we've cornered the market, the UK of these sort of somber sitcoms. Mum is back next week, mm. which is one of my favorites. And that is, it, it takes its joy in the quieter moments of humanity. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com gift. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives for newly appointed agents. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the United States Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. There's a sentence that sounds like I know what I'm talking about. But uh, it does. It takes its its moments of joy in those mm. just the basics of humanity. And this is what I liked about Back to Life. It didn't make me howl with laughter. I might have smiled occasionally. But it was just warm and inviting and you were on our side and... And that's what you need for a show like this, I think. And, and that, that's an amazing thing to be able to say about a character who is a convicted murderer as well. Or, you know, no, I don't judge. Isn't it? It's great. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's all there if you want to watch it. Uh, two more shows to go before Robin faces Boxmaster. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, that saves me putting in that sound effect. Thank you. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> You're listening to the Custard TV Podcast. The official podcast of thecustardtv.com. So, um, we've got two shows left. We've got uh, Dead to Me, which is a brand new Netflix comedy starring uh, Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate. And Channel 5's new drama that's going to be stripped over five nights next week, 15 days. Or this week. This week, even, yeah. 15 days is what we'll do next. Like I said, it's a brand new homegrown drama from Channel 5 and I have to say I've had a miserable week with you <laughs> I, I, I watched the first 15 minutes of this 
and thought, I have to stop as I'm going to want to punch the monitor. Oh, so, no. So, somebody else needs to walk us through what this is about because I can't do it any great justice. Well, the basics is it starts with um, it starts with the, the murder of a young man and uh, he's been murdered by a member of his family. And yeah. then you and it's in this sort of dark family uh, farmhouse. And then you flash back 15 days all the members of the family are arriving at this farmhouse and the mother has died, I believe. Um, and there's going to be a reading of the will um, and they're going to find out, uh, you know, who's going to get what out of the house, the farmland that surrounds it, because some of them have plans for it. Other ones want money. Um, and I believe there, there's, there's an affair going on between some of them as well. Uh, not actual family members, obviously, but the in-laws. Um, and uh, that would have made it more interesting. You mentioned <laughs> Miss Marple earlier. This sounded. This is a bit like a Miss Marple setup, isn't it? This... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that 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 was the that was the element of it that I um, that I warmed to actually was, it was the fact that it it doesn't start with a brutal rape. It doesn't start with a missing child. Um, it starts with the murder of this man, and the sort of secrets sort of steadily come out. And that side of it, I I did like in terms of the premise and the setup. But it is very visually dark mm. and very thematically dark as well. The reason I stopped where I stopped um, was because I I didn't feel like it was of this time. It felt mm. like something that would, would mm. have been on in not to be weird but something like the the 1990s or something like that nothing felt mm. very of it's, now and it's a remake as well isn't it it's the, this was a welsh drama originally 35 mm. days it was so they've scaled back <laughs> yeah. they've got they've got less time on <laughs> and some of, some of the actors were playing these parts in the welsh drama as well oh, interesting yeah. oh, i didn't know that but so I, I just, do my research i just, I just... <laughs> Yeah, whereas I don't watch the whole episode. I really struggled with this. I thought, that while I did see the first sort of 20 minutes, I thought the, the acting was quite horrendous in places and the dialogue was even worse. And it, it just didn't feel like I was watching something contemporary. It was if all very cliche. Bit... Yeah, no, and it did look, as you, as as Robin said, very dark, as in it, how it was filmed. And like that, that first scene where the, the lad shot, especially was very sort of clunkily shot i thought yeah and i'm rooting for channel five to do more homegrown drama but they need mm, to definitely. be at the level of what the other channels are doing and i don't think this is anywhere close to anything else we've seen in 2019 even the stuff i haven't liked has been better made with better performances and better scripts than the miss what 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 did you think of this compared to sort of blood the adrian dunbar one that they oh i thought blood did. was mars in, in front yeah no i agree yeah. the, the script was really interesting in blood the performances adrian dunbar was particularly good and the young mm. his young daughter was really interesting and i was really interested in where that went and that had a similar treatment where it was shown mm. Over five nights. And similar themes as well, wasn't it? Families mm, getting back yeah. together after the mm. death of a mother. Very oh, similar yes. to that. And also, yes, yes. I suppose, Keeping Faith, because this is a Welsh remake, and that did very mm. well last year. That seems to be the two things that they're thinking, oh, this could be the new this, this could be the new this. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, I, be I agree with Luke, very cliched, very clunky, didn't warm to any of the characters, really. They were all very, they were all really sort of self-interested, weren't they? Yeah. I mean, as I said, I like the setup of it, and I like the I like the idea of everyone being in a in a big house and mysteries coming out, and I did quite enjoy that uh, that in the setup. I, I, 
the being not being able to get into the characters was a was a stumbling block. I would watch one more episode, I think, maybe half of another episode, definitely just to see what happened and see if that was just the setup theme or whether there is something that twists. But because there might be a ghost as well is the other thing, isn't there? That would be great. There's yeah. this well, there's this dead brother <laughs> yeah. whose room they haven't unlocked for years. Yeah. Um, yes. one of the couples has got this weird daughter who's play who's got like this little train piece which belongs to the dead brother. Oh. So that was all a bit strange and, and didn't seem like it fit into the other bit of this world. Mm. So it was all all the cliches coming together. I suppose what you're drawn to, Robin, and it is it's got sort of an and then there were none sort of feel to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. With everyone well, in one area contained and they can't easily escape. And yeah, I mean, could uh, happen. I mean, a, a bit like the third series of Mum, weirdly, <laughs> actually, because yes. everyone's in a, everyone's in a big house there, aren't they? And that, that's no murders that. in that, though. Spoiler alert. No. Tell <laughs> about the five got to the final episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pauline finally snaps. <laughs> yes, Channel Five, do your own thing. I'm all mm. for more homegrown mm. British drama to to watch, but I just think it's it's just. In terms of the look, the feel, and the dialogue, it just didn't feel anywhere close to the standard that we're used to. 15 days, stripped all this week on Channel 5, if you want to, and you can catch up on that as well on 5 On Demand. Uh, So finally then, before Boxmaster, it creeps ever closer... Go, You're saving me loads of money, I'm just putting sound effects <laughs> I have to there. pay those royalties to John Williams. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to have you on every week just to do sound effects. You don't have to watch the shows. But before we do that, there's a brand new comedy that launched uh, two Fridays ago on Netflix. All ten episodes are there, as is the Netflix model. It's called Dead to Me, and it follows uh, the relationship between Christina Applegate and uh, Linda Cardellini. Who um, Christina Applegate's husband has died in a hit and run, and she meets sort of free spirit Linda Cardellini at a grief uh, group where they're encouraged to talk about their feelings and how they're getting through everything. And it's about their relationship and what happens when Christina Applegate learns some truth about this woman that she thought she'd found a lifetime friend in. And I was sceptical about this to begin with because it felt like it could be just a traditional American network sitcom and I wondered why Mm. Netflix had made something like this. But actually, I did find myself invested in the dynamic between them. I think they are really good and interesting screen presences. It took me a while with Linda Cardellini, because I love Freaks and Geeks, and I watch that every few years, and I haven't seen her as she is now, and it was a bit of a shock. But um, apart from that, I thought it was really sort of, again, warm and sort of inclusive, and I like them both. I kind of saw the twist coming, and I thought the twist might... Which so twist? Long, the, well, at the end of at the end, towards right. the end of the first the, episode. The first, because yeah. she said, I suppose the thing is that Linda Cardellini's character um, Judy says at the start that her boyfriend had died from a heart attack, and then <clears> you <throat> find out halfway through that he's alive. But it's the reason she's gone to this grief group is she's had, you know, several miscarriages, and that's why they've they've separated. But then at the end, I suppose we can spoil it because it's been on a couple of weeks now, hasn't yeah, it? Um, it's on Netflix. Is um, that 
Judy was the person who ran over and killed um, Christina Applegate's Jen's Which I husband. sort of guessed as well. It's very similarly, uh, One Foot in the... That was the plot of the final episode of One Foot in the Grave. I don't want to spoil oh it for anyone. But that <laughs> was the plot of the final episode. When Margaret becomes friendly with the with a woman and then discovers it's her that ran over Victor and killed him at the train station. But oh, I'm wow. glad Netflix have that. taken that idea. <laughs> and run with See, I, um, I, I have to say, I wasn't a fan of that twist. I felt it sort of almost spoiled this dynamic a little bit. I, I thought that too. Yeah, I, I, I felt, I felt that if if they'd done something slightly different, like maybe the the boyfriend James Marsden's character was the person who'd done it, and and Linda Cardellini maybe knew about it, then that still would have that sort of question mark over it. When's this going to come out? Without it going to mm. sort of completely <laughs> sever this relationship, which I really liked, and I thought. The two actresses have really good chemistry. I like mm. them. Unbelievable mm. chemistry. As well. I I think they're both actresses who should be on more things, really. Or mm. Christina Applegate especially will be in something every couple of years and then she'll disappear again. Like um, what was it, Samantha Who was? Yeah. I remember her being in. And Linda Cardellini as well. Um, ER. I can't remember anything past ER. Um, Scooby Doo. I think Scooby Doo was prior. Prior. Er finished what 20, um, 2009, 2010? You're, you're both forgetting the Netflix mega hit Bloodline. Yeah. Um, that, that nobody yes. ever talks about because it wasn't very good. But she was in that with Kyle. Was she Chandler one of the sisters, and... or was yes. she married to Kyle Chandler? Oh, I don't know. Yes, that's a, that seems like a boxmaster question. <laughs> to me. I, I'm glad that they're both in this, and they seem to have really good chemistry. But I just think that was one twist too far for me, really. Maybe they'll do something really clever with it at the end, but the scenes that worked for me the most were where they were on the phone to each other, yeah. you know, watching old TV shows mm. and, and smoking weed and things like that. Yeah. No, I agree, and actually, as much as I did enjoy their chemistry and the world, it got to the end, and I felt that same feeling of, oh, that's a bit disappointing. And I and I don't think if, if they had done... If they'd left it with just her going to be living with her i may have continued on but i feel like now i know something that i didn't want to know and it's going to spoil my enjoyment of the show unless it comes out a lot sooner i saw to the end actually because i i I was satisfied by the ending and there is a little tail wagging and sort of suggesting a second season um but i mean equally you could leave it where you leave it i mean the thing i the thing i really loved about the show as a whole was the anger of the Christina Applegate character mm. and just mm. how that came out in different ways. And like when she's in the car, you know, like head banging to death metal, you know, because <laughs> that, because that's the way she deals with her anger and just the way they both deal with their anger, I thought was really interesting. And in terms of talking about grief yes. as well, yes. I thought it was a much more interesting way of dealing with it than you had maybe in afterlife. Yes. I was going felt... to say that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it felt it felt more raw. It, it felt do, more real. Yeah, it doesn't. It didn't feel like oh, we are being really profound. It's just exactly. we're showing these two yeah. women and and almost like the the Linda Cardellini character lying originally because she was too ashamed to talk about why she was really grieving, yeah. why she'd lost yeah, all yeah. these babies and things exactly. like that. And no, I really could, perhaps you could say then as you got to the end. Are Matt and I writing off too soon? I mean, because they're because they're half hours. I never felt like I was too far ahead of what was going on, and there are right. there are a couple of things that surprised me as well. There's a scene with the balloons. You know where they release the balloons. Yeah. Um, and one of them comes back, and it's not the one you expect. Like things things like that. <laughs> um, okay. the, 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 I, I kept thinking, okay, I 
you know, there, there's a capacity to surprise here. And similar to what you were saying, I really liked the dynamic of seeing those two. And that carried me through the whole thing. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it was it was enough for me. It feels almost insulting to pass it together with um, Fleabag and Back to Life, but they are all about sort of female anger and grief in different of different forms, mm-hmm. aren't they? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think actually of all the shows, years and years, obviously I'm going to watch and 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 uh, Back to Life I'm going to watch, but I think I will make time for this because they are so good as a pair. Unbelievable mm. as a pair that I don't. I just I'm quite happy to spend more time with them. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, the, and actually, Linda Cardellini is a good comedic actress. I hadn't seen her do much comedy really outside of Freaks and Geeks and that, which of course I loved. But I found. Well, her, you missed Scooby Doo, didn't you? That's why. Sorry, yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's if I'd seen that, my, my thoughts would be coloured by Scooby Doo, but they're not. So there you go. And Sco- uh, what about Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed though? That's the question. Oh, see, I see how I feel about that. I've seen the first one. You just binge uh, on both. Yeah. Well, thank you ever so much. It is now time for Robin to go under the spotlight, as only he can, as we take on Boxmaster. Ta-da! This has its own theme music, but I will include that. Thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> Okay, let's begin. Robin, firstly, your bonuses. You can either go for back to school or who lives in a house like this. Back to school, please. Back to school. So desperate for somebody to pick who lives in a house like this. <laughs> it's been hanging around for a while now, but okay. Um, so question number one, um, your standard three-pointer. Mark Green, Doug Ross, Peter Benton and Susan Lewis were four of the original characters in which long-running US TV series? ER. Oh, yeah. There you go. Three points. So off the bat. I like the way you said that as well. I want you to answer every question like that. E-R, confidence yeah. and ER. Question number two. Before being known as the man behind Downton Abbey, Julian Fellows has a supporting role as Lord Angus Kilwilly in which BBC drama? Oh, no. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm lacking the confidence on this one. Uh, I am going to say... I'm going to say the Cazalitz, but it was ITV, so it's... No, no, sorry, don't know. No, you're wrong, Luke. Do you know? No, I, if I knew a character called Kill Willy, I would not forget it, but unfortunately I don't. So it no. was Monarch of the Glen. Ah! Um, bonus, back to school. Which mm-hmm. TV school moved from Rochdale to Greenwich, Scotland at the end of its seventh series? Waterloo Road. Yes, well done. Yeah. Question number four. Superman by Laszlo Bain was the theme to which US sitcom? Oh, Scrubs. Well done. Another three points. Superman by Laszlo Bain was the theme to which US sitcom? Oh, Scrubs. Well done. Another three points. Which British writer, actress and comedian was the co-creator and writer of the 2002 Australian sitcom Dosser and Joe? Uh, Sorry, can you read just the first part of that again? Yeah, sure. Which British writer, actress, yeah. and comedian 
was the co-creator and writer of the 2002 Australian sitcom Dosser and Joe. Carolina Hearn. Well done. You're romping through these. (laughs) It's Uh, almost not worth doing at this point. (laughs) Question number six, second one of Back to School. Dewey Largo is the music teacher at the school in which long-running TV show? Um, School of Rock. No, Luke, do you know? Dewey Largo. Oh, Hank Zipser. Oh, no, sorry, I'll shut up. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. I would be stumped. You're both going to kick yourself. It's the Simpsons. Oh, no! (laughs) Mr. Largo. Mr. Largo. He's the one that points at least in the... He's in every every single episode. Um, Okay, so moving back to uh, normal questions, question number seven. This morning, London's Burning and Whose Line Is It Anyway all debuted on British television in which year? Oh, um... London's Burning. 1988. Well done. Wow! Not expecting that right. (laughs) <laughs> you know you this morning, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've got it on Series Link. Uh, David Simon's follow-up to The Wire, Treme, was set during the aftermath of which natural disaster? Hurricane Katrina. Oh, well done. Another one there. <laughs> Question number nine, uh, back to school. Which sitcom character went from being a mechanic to a teacher at Jefferson High School in the show's later series? Mechanic to a teacher. Oh, uh, Fonzie. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> and finally, um, and I didn't know we were going to mention him beforehand, but Trevor Nelson, Tito Jackson, Lulu, and the police's Stuart Copeland. <laughs> Wait, were the, what are the odds were of the that? judges on which reality competition programme hosted by Vernon Kay and Tess Daly? Uh, Fame Academy? No. Luke, do you know? Tell me again, Stuart Copeland, I was sort of thrown by Stuart Copeland. <laughs> Lulu, Tito Jackson and Trevor Nelson. No. Host, hosted by Vernon Kay and Tess but Daly. That is, that is my idea of my dream dinner party. It, it, it was um, the, the short-lived Just the Two of Us, the celebrity duet singing competition. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to top your points up a minute, Robin. So I don't can... want to spoil it for anybody, but I think you've done better than... More than zero, which is what you aim Phew. to set out to do. That is nice. Yeah. But um, that's just going to do. I think you've to topped the, the leaderboard. I oh, think wow. it's twenty-seven. But I'm just. Wow! Gonna... Oh my <laughs> God! You've set the benchmark. Oh, pleased with that. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the only disappointment I have is we still don't know who lives in a yeah. house Tw- like this. Tw- twenty-seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well done, Robin. <laughs> Top the Thank leaderboard you very much. there. <laughs> After wanting to just get on the get on the scoreboard. Yeah, well, yeah then no, you can keep your job Thank as a TV journalist. Well done. Thank you. Yeah. You would have had to go back into hairdressing or whatever it was prior to. I can I can just tick the um tick the board. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, nice. Well it done, gives me another few years. Points. Well done. Yeah, because I, I think, think was... twenty one was the top score previously. My goodness wow. me. But I do. I think they were good questions. But that Simpsons one really is going to annoy me forever more. <laughs> that's a great one. That's a great pub quiz question as well. It is. 
Mm. And one day, I'm telling myself that one day, somebody will find out who lives in a house like that. <laughs> that's reminding me a little Well, you're saying the Boxmaster questions next time, so it won't be I next might, time. I might uh, <laughs> use that as the, um, as the my bonus picture. Thank you so much, Robin, for joining us. Oh, Where can pleasure, thank you for asking you me. If they want to find out more about your writing or just follow you in general. I mean, um, you want people in, to uh, just look in your windows or... Yeah, yeah, no, they're, I, I have windows, so if they can find me, they can look in them. That, that is, that, that, that is a com- I can, I can be comfortable with that. Um, but if, if you want to do it in a virtual way, I'm uh, at Robin underscore Wiggs, W I G G S uh, for sugar on Twitter, and uh, the writing is all in print. It's in a weekend magazine that comes with the Daily Mail on Saturdays. So yeah, thank you. Mm. No, no, pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. CustardTVReviews at gmail.com Okay, so Matt and I have finally decided on The Rewind. You might remember that that is a show, an idea that we floated at the start of the year of a show either we had seen and wanted to revisit communally with all the listeners and uh, Twitter followers and friends of the podcast or a show that we wanted to revisit because it's so good and we wanted you to watch it with us. We've decided between the two of us that we're going to take advantage of the fact that Jed Mercurio's show Bodies, which I've always championed on the podcast and Matt has never had a chance to properly see, is now all on iPlayer. So we'd like you all, if you want to be part of the Rewind, to watch the first episode of Bodies from Jed Mercurio of Bodyguard and Line of Duty fame on the iPlayer, and then Matt and I, with your insight, will discuss it on not the next podcast, but the podcast after that, to allow you time to uh, to get your comments in and your thoughts on it. And uh, if you've never seen, never heard of it, get give us a bit of feedback. So that's the rewind that we've decided on. Have you sampled it, Matt? I have, yes. That's why I agreed to do it. I thought I'll give it a little... Well, I haven't watched it in depth, but the get the sort of tone of it and things like that. And I, I think it, there's going to be enough in there for us to talk about. So Definitely. it'll be an interesting first uh, rewind feature. Yes. Um, Should go, rewind! Never no. do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my computer was behaving oddly. <laughs> <laughs> so that, uh, so People bodies, love that. Yeah, they will. Um, <laughs> so, bodies, a deeply serious show. We'll get that treatment every week coming soon yeah. on the Custard TV podcast. Watch it now on iPlayer. Get involved at the Custard at the Custard TV pod. No, not the. Is it the? At yes, Custard the, TV pod. Thank you. Love you. At Custard TV Pod on Twitter. Let us know what you make of it. Let us know your theories and your thoughts on uh, the first episode and whether you think it's a good opener to a series. And we will get you involved and dive deeper when we see it on the Rewind. Do it one more time. Rewind! <laughs> Thank you ever so much to Robin. Um, Great, it's great having these guests on. I do love it. Um, by the way, if you are a fan of Boxmaster and you think you've got a question that would stump our guests, then you can send it either to me or Matt or to the Custard TV podcast Twitter feed, which is at Custard TV Pod. Send it as a message there, and uh, we will endeavour to add your questions to the list because it gets harder and harder every week to think of these Boxmaster questions. Although 
Matt and I have empty-ish lives, it's still quite hard. So if you want to help us out with that, we'd be grateful. Otherwise, um, find out all about the um, podcast goings-on by uh, subscribing and following that Twitter feed at Custard TV Pod. There's also at Luke Custard TV for me on Twitter for all the site stuff. The site itself, thecustardtv.com. Facebook, iTunes, where we'd love some reviews from you, five-star or otherwise, telling people why they should pay attention to the podcast. If you can help us out there, we'd be very grateful. Individual reviews are on YouTube as well, youtube.com forward slash the custard TV. Have I left it? I usually leave things out. Have I left anything out? I don't know. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, have you done the email? No, that's what I left out. And if you've been listening, you would have not heard that. Custardtvreviews <laughs> at gmail.com. Yes. And have you said all the ways you can listen to us? No, I was about to. I just okay. didn't include you. <laughs> uh, we're, on, we're on TuneIn Radio. We're on Spotify. We're on Spreaker. Uh, and we're even on your Alexa device, which you can say, Alexa, play the Custard TV podcast. And Alexa will reply with delight. Uh, so you can do that there. Also, um, we'll be back next week with another guest and another four shows, another round of Boxmaster. Thank uh, yeah. you, Matt. Do you want to say what the shows are now? Yeah, may as well. It's, it's, not, it's, you know, it's not a waste Ma- of time, is it? <laughs> we'll be covering Mum, What We Do in the Shadows, The Virtues, and uh, Gentleman Jack, Sally Wainwright's new series. The Virtues and Gentleman Jack uh, and Mum, three big shows, really, big shows that I've been looking forward to for a while. But do they live up to their hype and my expectations? Gonna have to wait a whole other week oh. to find out that. Oh, I could tell you now, but where's the fun in that? Put it with a nice detention. Bye. <laughs> rate and review us wherever you find us. Search the Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov careers slash USBP.